Good evening. You are listening to a Rattlegen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host and fellow indie cider, Big Sexy Mark Rattledge. And no, wait, I'm I the bad guy. I don't remember which one's which anymore. You're the bad guy. Oh, that's right. I'm the bad guy, Mark Rattledge. I'm I'm the taller of the two of us. That's right. And I am joined by Big Sexy Harry Broadhurst, and we are the indie ciders. Yes, sir. And tonight we are reviewing Impact No Surrender and AIW All Intense Wrestling. You know what? Absolutely intense wrestling. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So that's what's on the agenda for tonight. Impact actually just ended as we're recording this about 30 minutes ago. So we're going to jump into that first. And then Harry is going to take us on the long storied history of all righty intense wrestling. Uh, his, his long storied it's, history with the promotion. It's a good thing John Thorne said he's not doing podcasts currently because <laughs> we'd be off to a fabulous start. I have got to be me. All right. So you just, uh, let's get into impact. Uh, you just got, we just got finished watching that. And uh, we have the pre-show, which you said you watched. It was Trey Miguel who defeated uh, John Schuyler by pinfall. what did you think of the first match? Uh, welcome back to wrestling for Trey Miguel. He's been away for a while and condolences to Mr. Miguel on the passing of his mother. Pink inspired gear tonight. Apparently she passed away due to breast cancer. So our condolences to the trigger, the fresh prince of midair as he's more commonly known. Um, good to see him back and interesting to see where they go after we see who's crowned as the number one contender at the start of the pay-per-view itself. We'll get to that in just a few moments. The next match, this this one I actually tuned in for, uh, this was Havoc, who defeated Tennille Dashwood by uh, pinfall. And uh, I thought, you know, again, it's not a whole lot to say about these pre-show matches, unless people are stumbling and bumbling all over the place. They're usually fairly solid. Tennille Dashwood isn't tremendously klutzy, and Havoc usually uh, hits pretty hard when she wrestles, so I thought it was all right. Yeah, I I like Havoc. I've I've been following her career since like the early since like the early two thousand tens. I want to say the first time I saw her was at an AIW show, ironically enough, mm-hmm. and that would have been uh, March of two thousand and ten, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was relatively new into her career on those shows. It was a girls' night out show. Mm-hmm. So seeing her progress there and then it's a little weird seeing her on a show and not seeing Sammy, but Sammy's out injured right now. Okay. Does Havoc get out on the Indies too much or is she pretty much locked up an impact? Not so much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. She was doing shine and shimmer and everything back when those right. were still active, but shimmer hasn't run a show since last year, late last year. They did the one show the mm-hmm. uh, in what was it? Uh, Indianapolis maybe. Mm-hmm. And then Shine's been running a couple of shows here and there, but nothing with any kind of prestige behind it that I'm aware of. Nothing that's yeah, any kind of It can't be something from Shine shows up in my fight feed, but I haven't seen much of anything lately. Uh, did did WoW ever come back, or is that still... It's in the process of coming back, and okay. as you know, AJ Lee's involved now, April Mendes. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's I know, like, I had no idea, actually. She's, she's like the new general manager, like legit. 
Okay. She's in, and working in creative because of her her recently publishing that book, Crazy is My Superpower. So she's been trying to get more involved on the creative side of pro wrestling too. They've been gone for what three years going at this point between COVID and then them going at off least air? at least two. At least two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I used to. Re- I, th- I think I've told you before. I used to really like doing that, uh, watching that with my daughter. It was, you know, it was a. Fu- it almost looked like just the girl version of Impact Wrestling, the way that with the production and everything. It was kind of like it was kind of like glow for a modern era with the gimmick. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I, it was I, kinda, a, I, I missed that promotion. I wish it would, I would watch it regularly if it came back. Uh, AJ says approximately uh, two months out, based on the interview she just recently did. All right, cool. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we started off the pay per view with Ace Austin, Chris Bay. Every time Ace Austin comes out, I want to call him Austin Aries. I'm like, nope, it's not the same guy. Um, Chris Bay. Ace, Aust- Bay. Ace Austin is significantly less of a douche. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, Mike Bailey and then Jake Something. And Jake Something might be my new favorite wrestler, man. He did awesome in this. He caught, I think it was Ace Austin, um, and hit him with that finisher to win this four-way and become the number one contender for the X Division Championship. I mean, that was like the spot of the night for me in terms of you know, just something I hadn't necessarily seen before and was kind of unexpected and actually like got me to get stop looking at my phone for half a second. Looked really cool. Um, I'll give you a, a comparison point for Jake something here. Man, that green cup really doesn't work with your green screen. I know. My wife my wife on Thursday said the same thing. She's like, it threw her off too. She's like, I go to take a drink and she's like, I just realized your cup is green, so it looks like you're drinking something invisible. I'm like, all right, let's keep talking sexy books. So let's go. Uh, so you sexy wrestling, go. <laughs> <laughs> um Jake something reminds me a lot of Samoa Joe in Impact Wrestling honestly. Okay. Uh that bigger dude that's working the uh cruiserweight style almost. Think mm-hmm. um think almost like a Donovan Dijak, a uh a, a Dominic Dijakovic in WWE T-Bar as he's currently yeah. known. Think that big guy that's like super athletic and can work that junior heavyweight style. That's very much what Jake something is. Jake something is also the AAW or was, I don't know if he still currently is, was mm-hmm. the AAW heavyweight champion out of Chicago as well. Recently. He a youngish fella. He got a future in this business or is he one of these he, guys that's on the opposite end of an active career? Late 20s, early 30s. So he's definitely got some potential still. So he's a possibility for AEW then that he's got a, a future. No, I mean, no, to be nobody f- in that age range has got a future in WWE at this to point. Be fa- but. To be fair, if you're breathing, you're a possibility for AEW <laughs> with the way Tony Khan keeps signing. Well, people. that's not true. He's going to fire Joey Janela shortly. Um, well, that's okay, though, because Janela has GCW to fall back on, assuming he can stop threatening people. Is it? Pardon? Mr. Saint, Mr. Saint Laurent of MLW, they have legitimate heat. Saint Laurent talks about it on Twitter. Okay. Speaking of which, um, MLW, I've heard is suing WWE, and Brian Last went on like an epic rant about that, about how basically MLW just like conjures up uh, superfluous lawsuits. Superfluous. That's the word. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, they, they conjure up these superfluous lawsuits and um, <laughs> say it any damn way I want. It's 2022. It's all relative. Time is flat. Nothing matters. Uh, the points just, are made up. <laughs> just the fake news, just to see if they can get away with it. And like half the, it basically he called, what's the, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, the guy who runs MLW? Uh, Court Power. Court Bauer, basically a con artist and a carny and all this oh, other Court, crap. Oh, Court Bauer is 100% a carny. 
Okay. There's no doubt in my mind of that. I mean, this from is TOS, the, huh? This is the same guy. This is the same guy who brought Bruce Pritchard into the world of podcasting. Trust me, Court Bauer is a carny. That being said, MLW is a legitimate promotion, and he has a legit beef about uh, WWE blackballing them off of Ice TV. Yeah, I, I mean, if look, I'm all for justice and the right thing happening when uh, you know when it needs to. So if the WWE did wrong, I hope they get roundly punished for it. But it it was still a fun rant to hear because Brian Lass doesn't generally get excited, but he uh, he leaves at the gym. But when he when something gets under his skin, man, he he can go off. My, my fellow Long Islander, we have a bit of a toot about us. I uh, I will stick to Brian Zane when it comes to Brian's that I watch online. <laughs> Um, anyway, what did you think of the four-way real quick? Uh, four-way match? Was, the four-way match was pretty solid, I thought. Ace Austin mm-hmm. actually is one of my favorite wrestlers for a younger guy, too. Austin is still super young. I think the kid's like 26 or 27 and oh, wow. has a shit ton of potential still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um he does douchey heel really, really well. He was mm-hmm. When I was watching Impact more regularly, he, he uh, when he had his heater with him and all of that, I thought they does. had a good act together. They're still together? He, he still does. Madman Fulton, the former okay. Sawyer, the former Sawyer Fulton from Sanity in NXT. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of a Shawn Michaels Diesel vibe. For there. Sure. Yeah, he's just With, like what he. What is he like? Five ten, five eleven. Austin, yeah. Austin, unfortunately, is undersized even by today's standards. Um, we got to come back to that when we get to the Eric Young promo, which was effing hilarious to me. But go on. I actually really enjoyed Eric Young's promo, but we'll talk about that in a few moments. Yeah. Uh, going back to the four-way there, Chris Bay is maybe the most fluid wrestler in pro wrestling right now. Everything he does is so crisp. Yeah. I and, uh, I, I, I mean, it, personality, body, looks-wise, um, he doesn't do a tremendous amount for me, but I can see where he's got just upwards of tremendous wrestling talent. And Speedball looks like a nerd, but that dude can go. <laughs> Okay. Not to mention, not to mention that dude's winning life too. He he's engaged to Veda Scott. I will send you a picture later. <laughs> okay, terrific. If she's not Chelsea Green, I don't know who she is. Um, <laughs> we saw Chelsea a little later on. We'll talk about her again too. Yes, sir. All right. So this next one uh, was Jonah versus Black Taurus. All right, you're gonna have to explain this one to me because the because Black Taurus, and I know I made this joke before. <laughs> But Black Taurus looked like, uh, what do you Mantar. call it? Mantar. You and, made the Mantar joke before. I have. Okay. <laughs> to our Impact Wrestling fans. Oh, that's right. And Jonah was, what's his name? The Kiwi guy Bronson from Reed. NXT. Yeah. Bron- okay. To- I was, that was it. Because I, I remember there was something I wanted to talk about this. And it just it escaped me until just now. I was like, oh, I'm glad. Because I didn't remember where all these people have been fired from the WWE for the past two years were landing. And when I saw There's him, a lot I, of I had, yeah, I forgot that he had landed an impact. I'm like, good for him, man. I'm, you know, I actually liked him in NXT. He had that he had kind of a King Kong Bundy vibe to him without being quite so um portly. I was going to say quite so like slow and plodding. Yeah, she's a hot chick. Good for him. Good for him. So yeah, I was good. I was ha- happy to see Jonah Kiwi Australian fella, New Zealand, uh former, super, former- super fluous. Uh, show up here and have a halfway decent match. Well, with we could add another word. We could add another word to your bungling as well. <laughs> yes, Black Taurus. Whatever, Black Taurus. <laughs> it's it's uh he, luchador luchador naming. That's why uh, they, they said he was a luchador, and I said if you say so, pals. <laughs> no, he's definitely like on the super porky side of luchadors, but. <laughs> uh, 
anyway. big, it's a big dude for a luchador. So kinda there was a there was a lot of big like men. Arca. There was a lot of big men slapping meat on this show, which which uh, I had a lot of fun with. This was one of them. Matthew Renhold, Matthew Renhold actually called it that the former yes. Aiden, the commentator, the former Aiden English. I was wondering who that was. I, I couldn't make it out. I, I thought, like, is that the English guy with the hepatitis? Or I'm like, no, that's not him. Where did he go, by the way? The English guy with the hepatitis is Nigel McGuinness, I thought. Yes. And he's I didn't know where he went. NXT UK. And now oh, he's, on two, he's on NXT level up as well. Level up. Ugh. Anyway. At least it's not called 205 Live anymore. At least. Anyway, so uh, Black, to, uh, Black Taurus and Jonah, go. The. the First of all, uh, a really before we go any further, I want to give credit to uh, Tom Hannafan and mm-hmm. and Matthew Renwald, who I thought did a fantastic job with commentary here. Yeah, it's nothing embarrassing. This isn't quite D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker, which is a significant upgrade to me at the commentary <laughs> position because I like Matt Stryker, but Matt mm-hmm. Stryker is a color guy. Matt Stryker isn't a play by play guy. Yeah, he needs and, a straight and, man that's going to keep things on the road. And D'Lo Brown is garbage. Yeah, yeah, he is. Sorry, D'Lo. I like you as a wrestler, but as a commentator, you're a good wrestler. I mean, look, you take a swing at life, you try. Sometimes you don't hit the ball. I'm not going to hold it against him. All right, back to the uh, back to Jonah Rock versus Black Therese. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonah used to be known as Jonah Rock before he went to the WWE, and mm-hmm. now he's just going by straight Jonah. He's also doing New Japan Strong as well, I believe. Okay, I don't know cool. if you've been following that at all, but yeah, he's doing New Japan strong too. So he's been getting kind of that beefy heavyweight run coming back onto the indies. And I think that Jonah's Jonah's one of those guys who has the personality to back it up, whether you want him to play a jovial, fun-loving guy or whether mm-hmm. you want him to play a monster badass. Very similar to another guy who was recently released from the WWE that regarded Keith Lee, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would see, say Do you see Keith Lee in his debut on Impact on um on Dynamite? Where he launched, uh, I think it was Isaiah Cassidy into the upper stratosphere. Um, as Excalibur called it, the Bratliest of Beals. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I was distracted at the time, but um, yeah, yeah, you were right to raise that eyebrow. It was that kind of distraction. But giggity, um, <laughs> giggity exactly. But I, that, but that got that caught my eye, and I, and, and as I was being distracted over and over again. I looked up and I went, "Holy crap!" Yeah, and saw and saw Isaiah and saw Isaiah Cassidy just fly past Mars. I say, yeah, Isaiah was a butt machine for Keith in that match. But well, <laughs> similar for for Jonah though. Mm-hmm. Going back to that Keith Lee comparison, there is he's one of those heavyweights that can throw guys around, but he's also one of those heavyweights that moves really well too. You saw him keep that tsunami finish. Yeah. That he had in the WWE. That's why I don't yeah. like the King Kong Bundy comparison because while you know it's more, he's more like a like a slightly taller Otis maybe because Otis could actually get ups, you know, and for for a portly fellow, he can move around the ring and and so uh, that's not a bad just, that's not a bad comparison because neither one of them is a particularly good promo either. Yeah. So like I said, you know, and that's that's the thing about like Otis and Bronson Reed Jonah superfluous um, is. Um, <laughs> beating that horse into the ground. Go Did ahead. you say I was beating a dead horse, Harry Broadhurst of the Screaming Boy podcast? Did you? What the fuck is it? Did you say I was? There it is. Did you say I was beating a dead horse? <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I can. I've never seen that clip before. <laughs> really? Have you what? not seen the movie? What the fuck was that? That's from Blazing Saddles. I've never seen it. I'm not a oh, movie. Well, 
I'm not a movie person. You know this. I've told you this before. Okay. It's a classic. But back to Impact Wrestling. Yes, sir. All right. Um, sorry. That's a pretty good match for what they were doing. Yeah, for, for what it was, for two bigger guys mm-hmm. taking the time there. I thought Therese looked good enough. Um, obviously, Jonah was winning because Jonah's got more upside here. Yeah. Therese is part of Decay. He's more commonly known as a tag team wrestler with Crazy Steve. Okay. So let's talk, about, let's talk about Eric Young's promo because <laughs> – it's funny, you hear enough guys doing enough promos about what badasses they are, and you don't want to sound quite like everybody else, but everyone's used all the good stuff. And poor Eric Young, all he had left with, I am the best all-around wrestler ever. I am the best all-around. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad he, promo. Here was my- he, Here's the thing. If you're selling something, like you're doing commercials, you're trying to like sell a car, I mean, do you is your commercial going... It's basically the best. It's basically the most solid, least likely to get a broken car you can find on the road. Like, I, look, all credit in the world to Eric Young. I like Eric Young. I watched Eric Young all the way back when he was part of Team Canada and Sting came in and he was doing the paranoid android routine. Don't all fire Eric. Yep. Um, all that's look, Eric Young has been great. I, I wish he had had a better run in WWE, but he's like three feet tall and this wasn't going to happen. Um, so, look. He, I, I love Eric Young, but I, I wish he had come up with something slightly better than it, it's like Christian with the outwork everybody thing. It's like stop drawing attention to the fact that you you are essentially a super mid carder. Like, come on, man, you're you're supposed like drawing. Like, att- go ahead, drawing attention to the fact that you're Ty Dillinger, basically. <laughs> That's more or less what I'm saying. A good hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he might as well have said that. He was like, I'm the best hand around. I'll outwork everybody. I cash my paychecks on time. It's like, Jesus Christ. Let's not not talk about using our hands to outwork everybody, because that takes this podcast in an entirely different way. Hey, no. Um, (laughs) That damn right. All right. Um, You know what my biggest problem about the Eric Young promo was? What was your biggest problem with the Eric Young promo, Harry? Sitting in the chair and then throwing it against the garage door behind him. Does he think he's fucking Tommaso Ciampa now? <laughs> I didn't even remember that. I was so focused on him, you know. Like, I here's the thing: the meat of the promo I actually liked. I liked that. Agreed. I, I've been here forever. I've done. I I have excelled at everything asked of me. I've been a solid, dependable person, and it's. Like, I am. <laughs> It's I'm the prime. I'm the primary focus of. I've been the primary focus of my group since my group formed. Whereas you're just the next in the line with yours. Yeah, here's the problem. He sounds like, and I made this joke with Ronnie Adams the other night um, when when I was talking to my wife about the Fifty Shades books. He's always he's the nice guy. He's like always he he feels like the friend zoned wrestler. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He's always you know he he's never. He's never the guy the girl goes after because she wants the badass broken guy that she can fix. He's always the solid, got his crap together guy that nobody wants. Everyone should have, but nobody wants. That's Eric Young for you. Forever friend zoned in wrestling. He's the uh he's the guy that uh Julia Roberts eventually sells settles settles for in Pretty Woman. I thought you said you don't watch movies, Harry. You said you don't watch movies, Harry. You know, what is it? The only movie you've ever seen, Harry? Do you ever you ever see other movies, Harry? Harry's you, movies. You're you're being a very superfluous, Mister Taru. <laughs> but yes, all right. So, so the- <laughs> if we're gonna do the gimmicks, we're gonna play the gimmicks well here. 
so Jay White over there from New Japan took on Eric Young here, and Jay White won the match. Um, I thought they had they put together. I mean, Jay White's good. Um, somebody put See, on I've never been huge. I've never been huge on Switchblade. Somebody put on Twitter, I think it might have actually been Kenny Omega, but something about maybe an all out, they can do Kenny Omega versus Jay White. Something about, like, I want to take on this version of Jay White. See, I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually go with that because Adam Cole's mm-hmm. kind of teased that too. If if you recall when uh, Switchblade showed up, yeah, and the and the Bucks pointed out that it was Switchblade that ran Omega off from New Japan when Omega left in order to form AEW. That would be a good coming back feud for Kenny when he gets over his various injuries. So yeah, Jay White kind of had to go over here as he did, and I thought that they put together a solid match. Not a whole lot memorable about it though. They just they wrestled they wrestled a good hard fought match. And Eric Young does what Eric Young did. He got up for everything. My problem with Jay White is nothing Jay White does looks particularly impressive. It's all okay. very technically proficient. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But most of his offense is incredibly basic. He uses Sister Abigail as a finish in 2022. Okay. So it's, it's just, he's nondescript, as uh, it sounds like. One might even say superfluous. He might, you might call him superfluous. Moving on, um. <laughs> but in all in all sincerity, I thought uh, I thought White and Young was actually pretty good. Um, they gave the match about fifteen minutes. I the the, the result was never in question in my opinion. It was obviously mm-hmm. going to be Jay White, especially if a, if Impact wants to continue their working arrangements with uh, AEW. And mm. now seeing White step through that forbidden door, my guess is if they're going to continue to book White the way they are, and they're definitely still going to want to continue using them based on what we see happen a little bit later on in the show, then you're going to have to keep the Jay White character strong in Impact Wrestling. So this next match, I'm going to get myself in trouble for. I'm going to, I'm going to once again aggravate the uh, the neckbeards of wrestling with what I'm about to say, and then I'm going to get a reputation for for body shaming people. Except yes. that. I've <laughs> except that I when it, when when I need to I will talk about anyone's body male female or indifferent. Donna Perazzo does not dress for her body shape, and when she when she comes out to the ring with the with what the robe did you and call her? Perazzo, Donna Perazzo, Diana, whatever. Um, Diana, the, I'm not going to get anyone's name right. Deal with it. <laughs> Diana Perazzo. Uh, when she comes, when she she makes a great entrance, and she takes off the robe, and she's got the the crop top and the. You're the against the midriff. You're against the midriff. We had this conversation yeah. before. I and I don't. I didn't want to bring it up again, but I kind of had to because there were a couple of times where I'm watching her wrestle. It could have been. And, it could have like. It, oh, go, you know, go ahead. Again, like you know, like a havoc or Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace actually got a nice little body on her. But, you know, these are all women dressing for their size and body types. And she keeps wanting to dress like she's Tennille Dashwood, except that you're not in Tennille Dashwood's shape. And so when you're, when, you know. The when views you, and opinions of Mark Rattledge do not. On my own. I'm at Mark Rattledge on Twitter. Come at me, bros. She's not dressing for her shape and size. And when she's in there taking a beating in the wrestling ring, it looks even worse when she's all contorted. I was, I was not impressed by Miranda Alize either, I'm but not in fairness, impressed by this I, match at all. This was a lot of tripping and falling all over each other. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy Miranda Alize in ROH either. I thought she was she was part of the allure in Ring of in Ring of Honor, and I never found. I, I think that's why uh, Perazzo's like outfit and 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 look just get to me as much as it does, because I keep they 
she keeps putting herself out there as I am the best woman wrestler out there. Lady, you're no Charlotte Flair. You're no Becky Lynch. You're no Bianca Belair. You're not at this point. You're not even Ronda Rousey who can at least get by on the fact that she legit killed girls in the ring. Like, you're kind of a... So she's got a pretty face and everything, but body is not great. And then her wrestling I, is like 50-50. Sometimes I know, it's okay and sometimes it's crap. I know we're an independent show, but can we just give a quick shout out to Lita, who I thought fucking killed it today? She did not land directly on her head, so we were all happy for her. It's, she looked really good, in my opinion. This might have been her best singles match ever today. Here's but where, that's... Here, so on the uh, on we did the um, live stream for the for the elimination chamber. Your today. chance to plug it. You're welcome. Segway. Thank you. Okay. Um, where we landed on Leah Lita was kind of where we what we said about the Undertaker. It really depends on who he's in the ring with. Like sometimes he can have an amazing match, and sometimes everything he does is the is the, the shits. And sometimes really... he's sometimes he's in the ring with Goldberg. <laughs> sometimes, and we were th- we were talking about Lita where we where I made the point of saying like she came from lucha. She she was not a a crisp tight worker, and it really she would have decent matches with people who could who could elevate her um but if she was in there with a klutz you really could see how bad lita was and see, I, here I she was in there with like, becky lynch and becky lynch kind of carried her along and she did look good see i i kind of feel that same way about diana perrazzo to an extent i okay. think per- i think perrazzo has potential mm-hmm. i think that she's a perfectly capable wrestler this whole best wrestler in the business situation for her is ridiculous it's nowhere near accurate you said that because i thought like am i missing something here like like maybe no, i'm not I, in on it i don't dislike Diana, but mm. there are way better people in her own company right now than her. <laughs> Here's the, the crazy thing is like I get like a very Bruce Pritchard vibe from her where it's like, you know, the presentation, the gimmick, everything. She comes out and I'm like, I'm into this. I like your look, man. You've got a nice vibe going. Oh, Christ, I've watched you wrestle and now I want to burn my eyes out. And, you know, it's like she's great until that bell rings and then it's a 50-50 shot. We're going to get out of there without breaking a neck. So, in other words, you don't love her. I do not love Donna Peraza. Um, I hope all the feedback you get from him is like, you're fine, Harry, but the guy you do the show with, we hate him. I hope that's what happens. I mean, that um, would basically be life is like a game show all over again. Uh, all right. The, inter- <laughs> the internet sent. I don't listen to your guys' show, so. Um, the internet sensation. Hey, no, Garmer at gmail.com. Matt Cardona, the current belt collector. The uh, we'll talk uh, about this when we get to AIW, but I completely understand your point there. We'll get to that later. Did you see my little TikTok I did? Uh, I didn't <laughs> see the TikTok, but I definitely saw your Twitter post. <laughs> How did this turn into this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I did a TikTok of, and I put up a picture of Kenny Omega, you know, gripping in gold, and then I and because so the so the sound on TikTok is how did this? Is some girl yelling? How did this turn into this? And the first picture is how did this and it's Kenny Omega, all the belts from when he was a belt collector, belt collector yeah. turn into this. And it's Matt Cartona with all the belts. I'm like, how did we get here? What happened? All right. In what universe is, is in what universe is Zack Ryder a main eventer? Jesus Christ. In the universe where he gets fired from WWE and takes every indie booking possible and everyone treats him like he's Goldberg. Yeah. Money talks, bullshit walks. My I'm, guess, I'm here for it, though. My I, guess is he's working cheap. You know, he seems happy, and I and he's probably one of the. I'm not gonna lie, for for my money, and for what I like in wrestling, Matt Cardona might be the most might be the most entertaining guy in wrestling right now. He's hilarious. 
I love that he turns up on shows, gets everyone to hate him like a true heel should, and he looks like he's having the time of his life. I will say this much. For as much as we're bagging on the fact that Cardona did take over as, like you said, the new Omega here, and we can... The match with Jordan Grace was intriguing. It wasn't necessarily good, but it was intriguing. I have so many problems with this match. I, but I'm going to let you have your say because I've been talking a lot here, so... I don't Matt care. Cardona versus Jordan Grace for their internet wrestling championship of the backyard. Digital me- digital media championship. Uh, Whatever. All <laughs> hate mail to m.rattledge at gmail.com, apparently. There's no dot there. Um, it's just mrattledge at gmail.com. Well, s.garmer, too. Send it to him <laughs> instead. Fuck it. Anywho. Uh, where was I? I completely lost the thread here. Thanks. You seem to think that this short squat woman could handle it with this big muscular man. Go. Uh, the, the, the Jordan's a little powerhouse, man. I saw her beat the hell out of Ethan Page in a singles match once. Yes, yes. In in the fake world of wrestling, she gets into fake fights and becomes a fake winner. I get it. I know how wrestling works, too. But it's not believable. She ain't China. I disagree. Ugh. Go on. I dis- Especially when you consider who she's also working with, with that's like a tra- as trainers and stuff, too. Let's not forget who her husband is. Arguably the best technical wrestler in the world. Daniel Bryan? Jonathan Gresham. Ugh. Yeah, I know. You hate Gresham, too. You just <laughs> I thought hate- that I hate Gresham, but... You hate all of the internet's favorites. It's fine. <laughs> yep, that's my gimmick. <laughs> it's, it's a freak. I love frick- Matt Cardona. <laughs> it's a freaking wizard, kid. <laughs> all right. So I mean, what's your issue with this match? My issue that it existed, for one thing, because, like... <laughs> Okay, fair. I, I'm not into as a general rule. And when I in, mean a general gender wrestling. Yeah, I don't there there needed to be I'm gonna go way I'm gonna get in the wayback machine here. When they did it with China and Jeff Jarrett, it made some degree of sense. He was picking at her for being a woman. She had already been an established wrestler, wrestling men. She had size to her, she had bulk, and they were doing a garbage match where they could hit each other with blenders. That makes sense to me. When you're just having a regular wrestling match and you are like a five three woman with you know with who squat has some looks like you're a power lifter in the Olympics and you're wrestling a guy who looks like Matt Cardona who's a big six foot some odd muscular man and you're both wrestlers you're gonna get your ass beat, woman. Okay, it's not believable on any on any plane of existence. Couple of things here. One. I sent the message to you while we were watching the show. I'm almost certain Jordan Grace lifts more than Cardona does. Okay, but you do know that weightlifting is not the same as wrestling. I understand that, but at the same time, it does help her with her ability to throw Cardona around. If he lets her, yes. Two, as somebody who watches, as somebody who was a frequent watcher of Shikara, where intergender wrestling was a regular thing. This Shikara, so, hang on, Shikara with the imaginary wrestlers and the ants marching and the Dave Matthews okay, band no, and all that. The, the imaginary wrestlers was GCW. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Oh, the ants, the ants wrestling actually ended up becoming two very famous workers currently. I, so, I, I, in in respect to the late Larry Zonka, I will not continue to bash on Shikara, which I never watched and only heard him describe, but. I, when your go-to reference is the is that company, I, I I'm skeptical, but I will hear you out. Intergender wrestling was a regular occurrence in Chikara, and women mm-hmm. were treated as equals. Okay. Uh, uh, granted, originally the two women that were treated as equals were Daisy Hayes, who admittedly was the shortest little Pete sawed off runt you could ever imagine in a wrestling ring. Daisy was like five foot one and maybe hundred and thirty pounds. 
Okay, hold your hold your thing straight because every time you move it, it shakes and you can hear sound. Yeah, there you go. And and her contemporary was Sarah Del Rey, who's arguably the biggest badass women's wrestler ever. And against other women, I would take her nine out of ten times. Ninety nine out of 100. against most men, I'd take Sarah Del Rey. Other men, competitive wrestlers. Yes. Okay. Look, I got another. I got another guy who wants to tell me that you know the, the Star Wars shows on Disney Plus are like man's you know great contribution to you know to literature. I'm willing, to, you know, at this point, people believe believe whatever fictions they want to believe in. God bless you all. I, Mark Rattledge, live in the world, maybe the fictional world, where men and women equally trained of e of generally equal size and strength. The men beat them 99 out of 100 times. So, in other words, your your chauvinistic emails will go to mrattledge at gmail.com. <laughs> it's not chauvinism. It's biology. It is chauvinism. It is not. Oh, my God. All right. So, you live in this fiction world where Jordan Grace wrestles competitively against Matt Cardona. That's that. And, and she did an okay job of doing that here, in your opinion? I would have kicked him harder on the balls if I were her, but that's just me. Here's the only saving grace of this match for me. The only thing that made it, that didn't take the, it completely saving, out of this nonsense. The saving Jordan Grace of this match? You know what? This was a fun discussion. I want to make sure I get this later for TikTok. Um, <laughs> me being apparently a chauvinist asshole, which is fine. <laughs> My wife likes me that way. Anyway, uh, and that's all that matters to all the ladies listening to this out there. Um, not a damn chance. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Continue. Uh, um, she sold more than she gave, and in the end, she couldn't beat the guy legit, and she got frustrated and hit him and hit him with a chair. He also kept taking cheap cheap shots, and you know, was cheating when the back was turned. He was doing a lot of heel stuff, which so, is kind of Cardona's, which is kind of Cardona's yeah. shtick and impact. So you can make the argument she didn't have a fighting chance because he even being a big, strong man, kept abusing his power and would, making it harder for her to wrestle competitively. I would argue that the chauvinistic undertones were actually present in the match itself. Uh, I, would, I would agree with you. Cardona was taking her lightly, given the fact that mm -hmm. he had already beaten her for the digital right. media championship and with radio you, silence. Right, and for you like liberal tree-hugging hippie communists who, like, who seem to think that women can beat up men all the time, um, I, I understand that being a chauvin chauvinist character like like uh, Cardona was in that match would make would generate more heel heat. So all of that worked for me. <sighs> <laughs> I what? got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> so note, anyway, note, note to self: we are never doing intergender bonanza shows. Got it. I mean, we we might because I because I can you, do an hour of this. I can, you I just, can rant about this for an hour. You literally just looked at it on the IWTV schedule, was, looking for a second show to cover in March. I like to talk about things I don't like. So. I've gathered that, Jim Cornette. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right. So anyway, this was a strange match to me, but I, I think it ended the way it had to end for all parties involved, and I'll allow it as the judge. Next one, the Good Brothers uh, in what might have been one of the stronger, more solid uh, matches of the night where I have really nothing to complain about. The Good Brothers defeated the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tongaloa from New Japan for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. I thought this was a good match. I thought this was, again, big men slapping meat. I thought this they is... handled it well. I thought they gave as good as they got, and I thought they were pretty evenly matched. 
this is, I think the biggest thing that everybody's going to talk about here is the finish. And apparently the exodus of the Gorillas of Destiny from Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with, with like New Japan the, and all these Bullet uh, Club? Hell if I know, because I don't watch New Japan. So yeah, can I ask you like 50 words or less? Because you're always like, I want you, you're like the guy in the in the book about the history of Chinese food, where like you always want to want me to try the best Chinese food you've ever had because you're a connoisseur of such things. But it's always in a basement with no lights on behind the door that says beware of the leopard on a street that has no that has no street sign. And it's like, no, that doesn't count. Like that that's you pitching wrestling shows to me. It's always like, I want you to watch this wrestling show no one's ever heard of on a, on a streaming service no one has. Okay. But you don't watch New Japan. Why? Why don't you watch New Japan? I have a very easy answer to that. Okay. Because not all of their shows have English commentary. And as somebody who did commentary for the better part of a decade, mm. I like to have commentary in order to follow along with the story and the ring. You don't watch the shows on Fight? That have, uh, uh, Ke I, what's his face? I have, I have seen some of the shows with Kevin Kelly and Chris mm -hmm. Charlton. I, I, I actually, on a regular basis, would watch when it was Kevin Kelly and Don Callis because I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of Don Callis's work. Okay. But the, the the problem for me is I am a completionist. Okay. So like I when that. I start when I when I start watching something, I'm going to want to watch everything in order to follow the trend. Yeah. And there are a lot of New Japan shows throughout the course of a calendar year that do not have English commentary, and that mm -hmm. disengages me. Yeah. No. I. I actually a hundred percent like no no me doing stick here. I hundred I'm a hundred percent with you on that. The the commentary doesn't bother me thing. I don't have that personal connection the way you do. Uh -huh. But I will tell you that like it's hard for me to jump into a show a lot of the stuff that New Japan does because they're so story oriented, but you have to watch like the last six New Japan shows to know what's happening. Exactly. I, I one of the G1s I was trying to follow at one year and I could not for the life of me figure out what was happening half the time with yeah, the, my the G one. My biggest thing, well, the G1 I actually can get into just because it's a tournament and the tournament mm -hmm. breaks down into like little mini, mini angles throughout the course of the tournament. Right. So like this you is can, when it was on Axis TV and I could actually, I could actually DVR. But they weren't airing the full, they weren't airing yeah. the full tournament on Axis. Right. You were only getting bits and pieces because of the right. way that the shows were cut. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, if they, one of these days, if they ever do another big show on, I will be a week long because I, I, I get. I brought this up with somebody asked me about WrestleMania. I said, I have my the same problem I have with two night WrestleManias is the same problem I have with Wrestle Kingdom. I don't want to watch the same show for three nights in a row. See, I prefer two night WrestleManias because I would rather sit down and watch two three hour shows than one seven hour show. I liked WrestleMania 12, it was one three hour show. Yeah, well, those <laughs> days are over. I, I miss. I miss those days. Harry Broadhurst of the Screaming Boy podcast. I miss those days. Yeah, everyone's from the Screaming Boy podcast now, mostly because it makes me laugh and it mildly irritates Ronnie Adams. So I have I do not get that reference. So you don't have to smile. Have, and, yep. It's it's penguins of Madagascar, man. Smile and wave, boys. Yep. Smile and wave. Lay back and think of England. Um, all right. So Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mickey James. Who is the uh, impact? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Time out. Flag <laughs> on the play. <laughs> I said nothing. I was trying to transition. The, no, Mickey. and the, the the transition is where the flag is on the play. <laughs> Speaking of transitions, Mickey James um, <laughs> defeated Tasha Steeles. What happened to the cutie that she was with? That she was in the tag. Kiara Hogan. She's yeah. in AEW. 
full, full, well, allegedly. So, so what? So like people do AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, Schmageggy McGee. Um, like, her Im- her Impact contract expired. She's exclusive to AEW, even though yeah. she hasn't been used in like six months. I think. Yeah, that's she might be thing. hurt. She's adorable. That one. She might um, be hurt. Uh, you, you're swinging for the wrong team, there, buddy. I mean, I'm 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 happily married and not going in, in my. <laughs> Fat ass fifty year old body is not going to be dating Kara Hogan anytime soon. Uh, it's fine. The, she doesn't bat for the home team anyway, so you're uh, you have nothing to worry about, regardless. She's allowed to be cute in my eyes. Um, and very we, well. And we, and we can just okay. Can we talk about things that were not cute? Uh, t- Twerky McGee, Tasha Steele's losing this match. Sure, go ahead. I don't mind Tasha. Tasha's okay. Tasha's nothing special in my opinion. No, she Mickey, Mickey's the talk of the wrestling world over the course of like the last month with her Royal Rumble appearance. So yes, she Mickey. went through the forbidden door into the WWE. She okay, broke she, the fourth dimension. She got her TNA her, her Impact Wrestling music bringing out the Knockouts Championship on a WWE pay-per-view. I, we were all very impressed and excited about the one thing they did on the Royal Rumble that we didn't. That's fair. Because yeah, yeah, that, most of the rest of that pay-per-view sucked. Yeah, it did. Um, but back to, uh, back yeah. to Mickey James. She needs better taste in musical friends because goddamn those people sucked. You know, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about that. Yeah. The yes, we are. The, the people who did the, the opening. Um, Chapel Heart is their name. And Chapel if, Heart. If you, that was awful. I thought it was a joke at first. If you respect your eardrums, do not go looking for them. Oh, my God. It's, it, it is. I, I hope their regular music is better than that because I don't know what that aberration of a national anthem I was. I thought it was a gimmick, God. man. I really thought it was a bit they were doing. I'm like, did they really hire these people and think they could sing? They were terrible. What was the message that I said to you while we were watching it? I'd rather have Roseanne Barr out there grabbing her crotch again. It would have been more entertaining and less painful on my ears. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, and, the match. So Torky versus Country. Go. Uh, Tasha does nothing for me. Okay. Like I've never, I've never been impressed. Okay. And the match did nothing about Savannah. Match, S- Savannah Stone, her second's a better wrestler than than Tasha is. I thought they had, a, when they were going into the finish, I thought their finish sequence was actually pretty good. But the rest of the match was kind of, you know, it was fine, par for the course. There. Yeah. nothing. No one was tripping and falling all over each other. That wasn't particularly klutzy, but it was also nondescript. It wasn't a Jade Cardgill match. <laughs> no, no, it was not. All right. A match that definitely left an impact on me and probably my, my absolute... The whole reason I actually wanted to talk about this, other than it met the schedule. Moose and Morrissey? Yeah, good old Moose and W. Morrissey. Big old man meat, slapping meat. Just fantastic. Um, Cass has another run in him. You say And I, I don't mean an impact. No, no, I know. You... I was thinking about that too. That eventually they're going to run out of people. You know, after Roman Reigns inevitably beats Cody Rhodes, they're going to run. They're not going to have enough people left. You know, to, to elevate to get to Roman Reigns, and he's going to need fresh bodies. And I was thinking, why not bring back Kaz? Here's my only issue with that: couple of botches in this one. As much as I like this because it was Godzilla versus King Kong, um, I like a nice monster mash. And Moose and Kaz were really pummeling each other. It looked like it looked like a good hard hitting match. A couple of times, Kaz. Got a little sloppy, got a little loose, was dropping moose a few in a few different places. Like 
if they were doing a tryout match and I only could take one of them, I'd take Moose over Big Cass right now. Well, yeah, obviously Moose is the more polished of the two, in my opinion, at this point. Moose is also mm-hmm. the better promo of the two as well. Because mm-hmm. Moose is actually a very good speaker. And there were rumors and rumblings that he might actually have been in the men's Royal Rumble, which would have been a very enter which would in my opinion would have been entertaining in a way to establish an actual working relationship with Impact had they chosen to go that way. Yes. Obviously obviously we, we see how that worked out. Forethought in the WWE would be lovely, but it's never going to happen. Not while eh. certain people are still alive. Yeah, one a certain uh, septuagenarian in particular. Yeah. Somebody, speaking of which, you came up today um, on the on the elimination chamber. We're talking a little bit about the Undertaker uh, getting in the Hall of Fame, or like who should induct him. And somebody brought up Vince McMahon, and I'm like, I don't think Vince McMahon needs to be talking in public anymore. Yeah, I worry that Vince McMahon it wouldn't be coherent enough to be able to do the induction for Taker. That's it's almost worry. almost certainly going to be Glenn Jacobs Kane. Yeah, it's, that was my vote. Um, all right, so I thought Moose and uh, if I was rating it, if I was doing the Dave Meltzer five star thing, I can't. It's not five stars. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, I would say three, three and a half. Like intensity wise, it was high three, but because of Kaz's two or three different botches where he it just looked like he couldn't get his feet under him at one point so my f- i gotta i gotta lower i gotta lower the grade my former uh my former raw reaction co-host tony acero for one media's raw reporter i don't know if, mm. if you still if you're still involved at 411 or not i am not all right well 411 media's raw reporter tony acero who used mm-hmm. to do the, the reaction with me over on the chair shot radio network um he would rank he would rate matches on two different levels. He would rate them in terms of an in-ring perspective and a personal enjoyment perspective. Mm-hmm. In-ring, in this was probably about two and a half, three stars. Yeah. From a personal enjoyment, you're looking at about four just because of the, the sheer wow factor of seeing two guys this size in what basically amounts to a super indie and in impact wrestling at this point. Right. Because let's, let's be honest, impact wrestling at this point is ECW in the, in the American wrestling scene. Yeah, ECW though when they were on TNN. Um, no, I would argue. Um, I would argue higher than when they were on TNN because TNN was the the death nail in ECW's coffin. Yeah, if you're gonna be like super specific about it, I just mean like I don't Maybe. think I don't think Impact is is running is, is causing a revolution. So I would not call this ninety four ninety five ECW. The production value is higher, like it was in TNN. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying. Okay, the, that's fair. You know, uh, yeah, the, the the stuff in the last year that they were they were they just wanted to be off of TNN and be done with it already. Um, no, obviously they're better than that. But I mean, Impact. My, I like doing the occasional Impact show, but I could not do this monthly like we were doing last uh, the last year or two because it's. When I have nothing else to do on a Saturday night like tonight, like the big show was in the afternoon, and it was either this or watch boxing, and they. It's like eh, I can do this once all in a while. The, uh, the problem for Impact is all of these Impact Plus specials kind of blend together. You you miss one, you yeah. don't necessarily miss much. Yeah, they kept referencing Hard to Kill, and I didn't feel like I had missed anything. And that's not a great selling point for your company. Which is unfortunate because Hard to Kill was one of those ones that they actually expected people to pay money for, not mm-hmm. part of Impact Plus. Right. Um, all right, so the main event, uh, and I was interested in this once I realized what it was because I because I, I wasn't paying that close attention. Every time they said honor no more, I kept confusing them with violent by design because I'm old and feeble, uh, but and, su- and superfluous. But uh, honor no more is the Ring of Honor people. It's Matt Taven, my favorite wrestler of all time. It's Ultimate Warrior, Bill Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Matt Taven. 
Yeah, buddy. Madison Square Taven. Woo! How many people did I just piss off by saying that? Because I'm going for everyone. Um, You're love, looking at one right now. I love Matt Taven. Um, uh, no, I actually enjoy Matt Taven. I hate Bill Goldberg and the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, God. Whatever. Nerd. Um, and then you have uh, Ready for Primetime Mike Bennett, except that he's been ready for primetime for like 50 years now. At least, at, at least he's not being a cuck. Yeah, at least. Um, then there's PCO, who is older than time itself. And Vincent <laughs> from the XPW show we did a few months ago. And Kenny Kang with uh, Maria Canellis. And they took on Team Impact. They ran in a, they ran in a, um, a, they ran a gimmick earlier. Uh, a backstage angle. attack. Yeah, where, um, who's Eddie, Alexi there? Eddie, Eddie Edwards. Edwards. Got taken out, and then he got replaced by Willie Mack. And then, of course, he ran out at the end. And, you know, after they wrestled for about 20 minutes or so, uh, clobbered, uh, who was it, Rhino? Uh, yes, Rhino with the ke- and then he had everybody else on uh, the Im- team impact with the kendo stick, too. All right, so I don't know more got the pin, and uh, they are, I guess, here for the long haul. I'll be curious to see in a month or two what happens with the Ring of Honor Supercard. And you know, do all of these people go back? Is it a whole new bag? Um, these Ring of Honor people, I don't know how long they're going to stay in impact for or what the plan is going forward. I wouldn't be. Yet another iteration of the NWO storyline. See, I wouldn't be surprised to see eventually like a uh, like a sideshow of Impact ending up on Sinclair Broadcasting in the ROH time slot mm-hmm. if they don't do uh, if they don't go back to TV taping for for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm excited to see what Ring of Honor looks like, just because you know, of like, course you know, we're not promising anything at this point. We're just you know, I keep hearing things like. No one's going to be contracted. We're just going to use who's available from one show to the next. Not really, you know, so it's just going to be kind of like an what ongoing are, house show. Well, it's going to basically be what Ring of Honor used to be, a super indie that would bring in the best available talents on a, right. on a month in, month out basis. Right. So it would be no ongoing stories. It would just be, here's our, you know, here's our card full of these guys who you want to see do wrestling matches. And for you people who like wrestling, this will be awesome. Oh, my God. It's PWG. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, as far as this match goes, a uh, fun main event, you know, typical impact, do you know, bag of tricks ending. Uh, but, you know, as it was going along, I thought uh, it was dynamic and um, kinetic, fun match. Nothing, nothing more than that. My, uh, it's hard to get a, it's hard to get excited about a lot of this stuff for me. But, you know, I was I was entertained. What did you think? My problem was predictability. Oh, yeah. And it goes back to like we were having our conversation, and I literally sent you about an hour and a half before it happened. Yep. Eddie Edwards is turning tonight. Yep. And and when he did, I was not just because you had predicted it, but like I saw it coming too. I was like, yeah, I can already see what what. And the the thing the thing about it is, is it made sense. Sure. Like Edwards siding with team with team Ring of Honor, team Honor no more. It makes team Taven. Sure. The king. (laughs) The OGK. Perfect. Um, it makes sense because Eddie's a former Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Eddie's mm-hmm. a former Ring of Honor television champion. He's a former tag team champion with Davey Richards, who still can't keep his shit straight in 2022. <laughs> so overall, uh, other than it was predictable, what did you think of it? The match was good. Um, I'm a fan of most of the guys in this match. I think Willie Mack is one of the more underrated wrestlers in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was a, a, associated with that clusterfuck that was XPW baffles my mind. Okay. Um, although, if you haven't seen what they've announced so far for California, oh boy, are we covering that one? 
Uh, is this the next XPW pay-per-view? Yeah. It's I thought they were supposed to be one already. And did it happen? Did it not happen? The thing, everything getting changed in California with the restrictions got it moved all the way back to freak in April. Oh, okay. Uh, they announced the return of Vic Grimes in Pogo the Clown. When is this happening? Do we have a date yet? April something or other. Like the Let your fingers like, do the walking. Like the <laughs> like the sixteenth or something. I think. Oh, hot damn! Okay, Kilo- it's called XPW California. X X P W. Damn it! K I L L A F O R N I A. XPW California. When did I? Oh, I told you. I think it was like May first is when we were gonna do. Um, we already have two shows selected for that, though. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> so unless you're planning on adding another April show to the list, you're SOL here, buddy. Oh no! Uh, damn you! Damn your eyes! Because they, they also added Necro Butcher to the show as well. We're gonna figure this out. I'm, I'm uh, gonna, of course, I'm, we are. I'm gonna figure this out. You're literally seeing a production meeting happen in real time here, people. <laughs> I'm, I may make you have to talk about this after WrestleMania backlash at this point. Oh, God. There, there's our next indie slider show. You know that indie promotion, the WWE? We'll do that in XPW. It'll be fantastic. Technically, um, we could cover TakeOver in XPW. There would be a fun little dynamic. Already already doing that with Sheen. Um, all right. So what did you think of the show? He doesn't overall? like me. What did you think of the show overall, Harry? <laughs> We're just letting that slide. Okay, then. Driving through that red light and moving on to the next thing. Uh, seven. Seven out of ten. Wow. That's fairly high for the good, for, for but the not great. Yeah. A solid way to spend three hours, I thought. Um, pre show mm-hmm. did what it was supposed to do, got the crowd invested, got the crowd active. Fans were relatively quiet for most of the show, in my opinion, but that might have just been the way that they were mic'd. In mm-hmm. fairness, miking crowds has been an issue for impact for years, so that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Hannah Fan and Renwold actually made it a whole lot easier viewing experience as a as a commentary guy because they weren't making me want to stab a pencil through my ear like D'Lo Brown did. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up and say, I agree with you that it was a solid way to spend a Saturday night when your wife's out of town uh, drinking tequila with her best friend. Or maybe that's just specific to me. But whatever your situation is, you have three hours to kill on a Saturday night. And you want to watch some wrestling. This was not an embarrassing nightmare like some other shows have been. This was actually fairly solid. So, yeah, thumbs up for me. Um, in the meantime... I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors here that uh, if you're doing notes for these shows, we'll help you write your notes. And it's called Grammarly. Will they tell you how to pronounce superfluous? They will tell you to pronounce it superfluous. Uh, For you listeners of the uh, Indie Siders (laughs) TV party, you're never going to win with me because I'm going to keep doing it. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grease of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. So our next show that we're going to talk about is Absolute Intense Wrestling, and Harry's going to tell you all about it. Like, um, okay, so I, this thing. I don't have any direct involvement with the company myself. However, mm-hmm. 
Um, as most people that listen to this show know, I live in Ohio. This is my local major indie. So when you say Ohio, are you talking like real Ohio or like West Virginia, Ohio? Like real Ohio, like an hour outside of Cleveland. Oh, okay. Real Ohio. Cool. I'm actually going there this summer. Like, um, I'm right on the P I'm like 20 minutes from the PA border in Ohio. Got oh, okay, cool. Uh, Youngstown officially. Okay. I'm good. Jesse, you know, Jesse Starcher and I are going to see Rage Against the Machine this summer in Cleveland. Uh, probably up at the Agora or up at the, up at, uh, Quick no, at one of the stadiums. Rocket Fieldhouse. That's the one. Yeah, that's the, where the Cavs play. Yep. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so back to uh back to yes. what I was saying here. So Cleveland is kind of like my de facto major city locally. I have Cleveland and Pittsburgh both equally about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes away. But the Cleveland independent wrestling scene is significantly more involved than the Pittsburgh wrestling scene is. Pittsburgh has IWC, but IWC never really reached the heights that it did back in the early 2000s again, whereas AIW has revolutionized the Midwest territory once again here. It's been uh, the launching pad for a lot of careers. Um, for example, Johnny Wrestling, hit, most of his mainstream notoriety started in Cleveland. Okay before he got signed to companies like Evolve and Dragon Gate USA, and then eventually moving on to um, into NXT from there. So, How long has this company been around for? Uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling's first show was in 2005. Wow, they've been around that long, huh? Yes. Uh, owned by John Thorne, the name I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Formerly also co-owned by Chandler Biggins, who has unfortunately since passed away in 2018. All right. So if you're into like indie wrestling, what sets them apart from some of the other companies? Variety. They're not booking the same names that all of the other major independent companies are. They have their own wrestling school, which has produced a lot of really good wrestlers, a couple of which you see on this particular show here today that we're about to cover, guys like Joshua Bishop and Wes Barclay, who are in the two marquee matchups against the Major Brothers. Uh, Bishop wrestles uh, Brian Myers and Barclays in the main event against Cardona. Uh, the Philly Marino experience is our, our products of the AIW wrestling school. The head trainer at the AIW wrestling school before he signed with NXT was Gargano. And before it was Gargano, it was Josh prohibition who you might know from your, who you might remember from your time in XPW. He used to team with Matt cross as part of euthanasia. Oh Matt, yeah. Okay. Matt Cross is another Cleveland guy. Okay. Well, let's get into it then. Um, you know what? I'm not leaving. Yeah. What was the, the this goofy name? It's of the always show? the 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 show names are always snarky in some way, shape, form, or fashion. It's done to stand out. Okay. Fair enough. So I was very excited for this about this first match because I vaguely remembered uh, Dom Garini, but I definitely know Filthy Tom Lawler from when I used to. Uh, from my time watching UFC, but well, no, from when he was in UFC, but also since he's made the transition into wrestling, he was in my favorite show of like a year or two ago. Bloodsport? Uh, no, Fight Island. Oh, from MLW. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. They did the goofy show for that for an hour. That yeah. took place on the, Tom... on the weird island. I thought it was fantastic. That was it. It was Tom Lawler, uh, Tom Lawler's Filthy Island. I raved about this show. Dom and Tom actually have uh, had interactions with each other going back for a couple of years now to the mm. point that at the AIW Marquee show three years ago or four years ago in 2018, they wrestled each other at Absolution. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So uh, there's like the storied history for these two in AIW, and now they're starting to work together as a team. And if I'm not mistaken, 
Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You would know more about MLW than I would. Wasn't um, wasn't Garini part of Team Filthy in MLW as well? That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, because it was. I think it was Garini and his Violence is Forever tag team partner Kevin Koo. So they defeated uh, Carrington Ethan Wright with a double submission on uh, Wright at 10 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, I thought this was, you know, I wasn't sure what I was getting into with this craziness that you made me watch, but I actually really liked this match. It was a good start to a pretty solid show. Casey Carrington is a mega championship wrestling product, which is owned, which is uh, another company based out of Illyria that is closely associated with AIW. Mm -hmm. The owner of mega is actually the sound guy for AIW. So, or at least he was, I don't know if he still is, but he was at one point, his name is Jeff Traxler. Okay. But, um, so like, there's a lot of crossover there. Carrington's a relatively youngish kid. Ethan Wright is a Harley race trainee as well. So, wow. There's there's a definite pedigree for these students here because uh, Carrington's trained by Brandon Xavier, who's very well known in this area as a very good trainer, mm. having worked with um, having worked with such names as Jackson Stone, who recently won the Impact Wrestling Gut Check uh, last. I believe it was either last year or the year before, the last time they did a Gut Check tournament. Uh, okay. Jackson, Jackson Stone won it, and Brandon Xavier was Jackson Stone's trainer. All right, the next match was a little less than eight minutes. It was Chase Oliver pinning Riley Rose using the shooting star press as the finisher. I don't even remember this one even a little bit, so tell me about it. Uh, honestly, not much that stuck out. Chase Oliver was better known as being part of a tag team with Trey Lamar. Um, Oliver's now working singles since Lamar, I believe, is out of wrestling at this point. I haven't really heard anything from him recently. Okay. So o Oliver's an athletic kid, but... He tends to be a little hit and miss in terms of his execution. Okay. And Riley Rose is one of the new crop of AIW students that I honestly haven't seen a whole lot of. That's probably why this match didn't stick out to me then. All right. Uh, next one was Arthur McArthur and Chuck Stone. Bulking season. Bulking season. <laughs> defeated Derek Dillinger and Ziggy Heim of They Them. Um, and that was... You wrote here in your notes, possible using Grammarly, using a possible injury to Dillinger. The finish looks rough. Yeah, so describe the finisher here. What happened? Um, the, the tag team finisher by bulking season. It looks like Kane goes to break up the cover, but the referee counts three anyway, which led me to believe that Dillinger may have been hurt on the finish. Okay. It was I like was a match up to that point. It was a, like a double team driver. Uh, the production's a very. It's a very popular act in AIW. That would be uh, Ziggy and Derek Derek Dillinger, formerly mm -hmm. known as Derek Director. So the production's actually a pretty popular act in AIW, and they've been around for quite a while, mm -hmm. going back to include such names as Eddie Only of 440 mm -hmm. and Danhausen at one point. Who will make an appearance later on this show. He, he will. Uh, the one thing we do need to discuss that we haven't yet is Hornswoggle was on commentary for the first three matches mm -hmm. and fucking sucked. I'm going to not lie about this. So I watched this show. I absolutely watched this show, but I definitely had it on while I was doing site stuff for W2M. And I have to tell you, like, I, I had, you know, if I wasn't looking at the television, I was listening to the commentary and you're not wrong. Like th this commentary, you know, I said this before about impact and this is a really great example of this. There were certain things that happen in wrestling with certain companies where they think they have to sound a certain way or do a certain thing. You know, this has to be 
Um, this is what this is a thing that wrestling that wrestlers do, that wrestling companies do, or wrestlers sound like. And it's like you don't have to use the same playbook and do those things. You can do something different. There, the, the commentary, at least for the for the first three matches, sounded very much forced wrestling talk, and it there, drove me insane. Their play by play, their play by play announcer Matt, uh, Matt Wadsworth is actually very good, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is, is I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Swaggle was super drunk. He walked out at one point in the show. He definitely looked like he didn't know where he was. Oh, uh, when he introduced Sex Ferguson. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it was it was not an easy oh. listen. I'll tell you that much. What's up? What's up, JTN? Thanks for watching. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, next one was Joseline Navarro. Jocelyn. Sure. Depan uh, pins Lufisto with a roll up at 10 minutes. Um, if I remember correctly, I was struggling through this match. This was kind of agonizing to watch. I I love Luffy. I have mm -hmm. been a fan of Luffy's for years. Okay, going well, I... back going back to like early two thousands when I was watching IWS out of Canada. Okay, so what's so great about her? Um, just America, uh, uh, women's strong style wrestling, similar to a Sarah Del Rey. Okay. Hard hitting, everything looks everything usually looks good, everything looks crisp. So what what happened here? Uh I I'm not a fan of Jocelyn Navarro. I have never been a fan of Jocelyn Navarro's. And I think that the problem for Navarro is I think that nerves may have gotten to her because this was a marquee opponent for her right after she just recently worked in AEW Dark Taping, where she wrestled Thunder Rosa and whomever Thunder Rosa teamed with. Was she I, able to not keep stepping on her own feet in those matches? Because here she was kind of all over the place. Well, that those match the match on AEW Dark only lasted like three minutes and it was a tag okay. match, so she was only in for part of it here. Gotcha. It definitely came off very awkward here. And I just recently watched another show that Lufisto was a part of, um, working on a WWR show, Women's Wrestling Revolution. Mm -hmm. And she wrestles on that show as well. And she takes on another similarly young opponent on that show. Mm -hmm. But the match is much better, in my opinion, because it, how do I put this politely? Because I know that I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to get heat for this one anyways. I mean, Navarro, if everything Navarro, I've said on this show, you should be fine. Navarro has an ego. She thinks okay. she's better than what she is. Maybe. I was hoping for so much more. Like, like just like like hemming and hawing. Like I don't know if I should say this, you know, you know, like 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 I'm expecting you to be like and another thing about these kinds of people. Like I don't uh, know. the show that I just the show that I just watched. She wrestled Skyler, who's known for her time up in Limitless, and is actually a decent wrestler. Okay, little cutie too. The ego thing to me because again, I thought you were going in a whole other direction, and she you just, seem to think this is a big deal. So explain why she thinks she's a lot better than she is. She has, yeah. this, she has this preconceived notion that people don't give her the credit that she feels she deserves. Mm -hmm. And the problem in my opinion is, is that people give her the exact amount of credit she deserves because she's nowhere near as good as she thinks she is. I don't know why what you just said triggered the memory that it did, but while you were talking, all I could think about, and, and it's going to sound like completely out of left field and it somewhat is, but if you can follow my pinky in the brain, uh, why you know, but, but me and Pippi Longstocking, what would the children look like? Moment for me. Um, <laughs> you've never watched Pinky in the Brain, you don't know that line. Uh, I'm vaguely familiar okay. with the show. So you have, talk you, you have to remember, I'm like 20 years your junior. Yeah, I, I do remember, child. Um, anyway, <laughs> youngin. 
so we, we've talked about like we don't want to just do the current stuff. We occasionally want to hit an old show. And so one I've had in the back of my mind, and you reminded me of it because you said this girl has an ego. She thinks she's better than she is, which reminds me of Tampon Girl. And then Tampon Girl was on a show. Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla Kelly. Um, she's currently in NXT and Toxic Masculinity, whatever they're calling their tag team. Um, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Toxic Masculinity is Joe Gacy's gimmick. <laughs> um, I, I, it's, it's words. They're very difficult for me. In any case, she's there now. But but back in the day, before COVID, she, she was on a show that I do want to talk about one of these days. And oh, Lord. And I don't know if you're going to want to do it because you're you know, a liberal, tree-hugging, hippie communist. Um, but... Joey Ryan's penis party. No. I actually own that. And I no. know, I, I know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not going to continue to be funny about it because I know what he did, what he's accused of, and why people would not and want that's to do it. And re- that's the reason I won't. It has nothing to do with Priscilla Kelly. It has everything right. to do with Joey Ryan. Fuck I hear him. you 110. Pardon? Fuck him. Oh, okay. He's like, fuck me. And I'm like, I'm saying, okay. No. Like, I don't know what are you yelling at me for. No, not yelling at you, him. It, it is an awful shame he's a sex pervert. Because that show was hysterically embarrassingly funny, I I bought that, that was part of the collective or the the, the it was uh, of the I think of, the year that WrestleMania was in New York, couple and of I, years back, yeah, yeah, and I bought it because it showed up on my fight feed, and I'm like, this sounds hilarious. Um, it's a shame. It was just a funny show. There's so much to talk about on that. Anyway, after that long rambling diatribe and tangent, um. um Kelly's another one of those people that I think isn't nearly as good as everybody seems to think she is. Kelly? Priscilla Kelly, you said? Yeah, Gigi Dolan from Toxic Attraction. Right. All right. Um, now, now that I've... Quit trying to segue into into things non-superfluously, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait your turn. He's great, man. He should listen to more of our shows and say funny things. That, All he's right. one of the guys that's going to be on the show tomorrow night. Tag titles, Philly Marino experience, uh, Philly Collins and Marino. Ten, <laughs> I knew you were gonna fuck this. <laughs> Pangea, Tanangela, <laughs> Tangerine. I don't, Tanglia. Thank you. Versus mm-hmm. the main event of Duke Davis, Gannon Jones Jr. This lasted almost 15 minutes, and um, Pterodactyl pins Jones Jr. All right, so tell me about this match. I'm gonna start telling Marino you called him pterodactyl. He might have no, to whatever the fuck you want. I'm in Florida. I'm almost 50 years old. He comes. He, <laughs> no, he comes uh, here. I'll stand my ground. And shoot him in the head. No, he, I, but I, he might. He can call himself the pterodactyl. I think it'll make. I think it'll make tens of dollars. Oh, okay, sure. As long as he's not doing a home invasion, that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, no. <laughs> Anyways, um, I actually really like PME, uh, the Philly Marino experience. Uh, they have a really good big man, little man vibe to their team. Um. Mm-hmm. Gannon Jones Jr. is one of those uh, deceptively tall guys in independent wrestling because mm-hmm. you don't see a whole lot of people with his body type. I think Gannon's like a legit seven feet tall. Oh, wow. Similar to another guy we see a little bit later on in the show in uh, PB Smooth, Pretty Boy Smooth, mm-hmm. who's in the four-way that's coming up, I think, next, actually. All right, so let's get there. Um Next one, uh, hey, do, do you want to talk about this segment with Eddie Only and Swaggle? Do we, and sex do we have to? No, we don't. I it, It's in your notes. I figured I'd mention it. The only reason I, I marked it there is because of the fact that Sex Ferguson is more is better known as Luke Gallows, who we just talked about in that uh, that tag team match tonight from No Surrender. I thought he looked familiar. 
Yeah. All right. The Bitcoin boys. It's, uh, the Sex Ferguson gimmick is something that he's done for what the fuck was um him and uh Anderson's pay per view thing that they did uh the something mania or whatever they called it. Joey Ryan's penis party. Got it. Um, Bitcoin Jesus. boys. <laughs> Taylor nope. versus Mikey Montgomery versus to infinity and beyond of Cheech and Colin Delaney. Uh, and the boys pin Cheech at 11 minutes and 11 seconds. What do you think of this match? Um, decent finish. Saw the Duke, who was the manager of the Bitcoin boys. Um, yeah, he hit uh, Cheech with his boot, which is like the Hoss division title. It's like a golden boot. It's like mm-hmm. basically their big, their big meaty man smack and meat division. Yep. Uh, he hit um teach with his boot and then uh i think both of the bitcoin boys piled on for the pinfall from there but the match itself was okay i thought the uh, tag team title match was better but one of the things that happened in that tag team title match was um the duke was actually on commentary for that talking about Mm -hmm. the fact that his boys deserved the tag team title shot because they had actually just beaten the main event in a triple threat match while not actually beating the main event Mm-hmm. on an earlier show and now the main event was getting a title shot before the bitcoin boys were so i wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of segue that into bitcoin for bitcoin boys versus the main event going forward all right uh next match was joshua bishop who pinned brian myers who everywhere his buddy cardona goes he goes with splash mountain at uh 10 minutes 51 seconds brian myers also getting a lot of work again he goes wherever his buddy goes but he's not quite the internet sensation around the nation matt cardona is he's sort of like he's still he's still chopping he's still lackey so how do i how do i put this um Remember the comment we made earlier about Eric Young and the good hand? Yeah. That's Brian Myers. Okay. Brian Myers is the new Eric Young. Fantastic. Without without the throwing the chair at the Walter Tomasa Chompa promo. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Um, but, uh, Myers and Bishop was good. The crowd was definitely into this match here. And mm-hmm. the Bishop is part one half of the tag team known as the Rip City Shooters in uh, AIW. His tag team partner is Wes Barclay, their former tag team champions. Bishop is a former absolute champion, which is their heavyweight title, mm-hmm. which he lost to Cardona. So this is Bishop working his way back to Cardona, having okay. to go through the lackey in order to get to Cardona for a chance for a rematch for his title. And that's why it was a big deal that he won the match then. And Correct. And the crowd was into it as, as they were. Yeah, because this is like this is like an offshoot of the main event feud. Because the main event feud over the course of the last couple of months in AIW has been basically the Major Brothers versus the uh, Rip City Shooters. Okay. All right. And then uh, we have a... Is this the four-way? Yep. This is the four-way of Kaplan, okay. Isaiah Broner. Broner. Bronner, PB Smooth, and oh, this is the one with Matthew Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like the, one of the few guys on this whole card that I actually recognized from GCW. I, I I remember Matthew Justice with Fonzie. Uh, yeah. How does Fonzie still? How does Fonzie manage to look younger than Rob Van Dam? How does that happen? <laughs> because Fonzie's on the good drugs, and Van Dam's just smoking pot. Apparently, clearly, Fonzie looked like he was a hundred years old and on crack back in ECW. So maybe it's teeth. the fact that he got off of the crack that allows him to look that and he's in ate better. a sandwich or two. He was looking good. I mean, you know, like not not a guy I'd want to sleep with or anything, but it's <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Not a damn thing. I am an ally. I'm just saying, like he. Yeah, he looked like like I remember watching him in ECW, and he looked like he was gonna fall apart. 
Oh, he you definitely know, looked like a meth head in ECW. Yeah, he looked like a solid human being here. You know, look, just a normal dad bod guy. And I'm like, holy crap, when did the... And again, he looks younger than current day Rob Van Dam. I he don't def... know what wizard he went to to make this happen. The teaming with Justice and Fonzie's been going on for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, Justice is a Cleveland product. Mm -hmm. um, a trainee of Josh Prohibition, who was under a WWE developmental deal previously. We talked about this yeah. when we did... Um, we talked about this. Matthew Justice had a run in the WWE we, at least for a little bit. We talked about this when we did uh, The World on GCW. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Um, yeah. I, 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 pretty I think Matthew Justice is better than the matches that he gets put in, though. I mean, Matt, Matthew Justice looks like he could. He's got a look. He, you know, he can. I think he can actually work, but he does a lot of garbage matches. Okay, so I told you that I'm watching a lot of like 2018 shows right now because I just randomly picked a year and decided to go back and watch a bunch of independent wrestling shows from then. Okay. Matthew Justice in AIW in 2018 is feuding with Ethan Page. Oh wow! Which is which is, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. Ethan isn't what Ethan would become because obviously mm -hmm. the Ethan Page that we see weekly on AEW now is one of the more underrated wrestlers in all of the world, in my opinion. I am a huge fan of Ethan Page's. Yeah, it's good. But, um, yeah, Justice is more than holding his own. They actually did a thing at the Absolution show that I watched where it started as Justice in versus Ethan Page, and then it became a tag match where they brought in Scott Steiner to team with Matthew Justice, actually. And this goes back to the, my comment about the whole wacky names and the wacky pairings and the just off-the-wall stuff that you don't traditionally see at most ind major independent shows that AIW does. Bringing, bringing in a Scott Steiner, for example. Um, the biggest star in this match to me was PB Smooth, who, okay. again... If that dude ever can, if that dude can put on some muscle mass, smooth could be something. Uh, legitimate seven feet tall, but super lanky, mm -hmm. like maybe 270, 280. Wow. Like, yeah, I, he there's, is. There's a boxer who's like eight feet tall, but he fights at like a lightweight because he's like this skinny. Like, you gotta, if you're, when you, if you've got some size on you and height, you need to put on some bulk too. Yeah, just in order to help your body's ability to absorb punishment. Like, yeah. my biggest concern for him is, like, with him being that tall and stuff and not having that much weight distribution there is, like, he's going to get seriously hurt because yeah. he won't be able to protect himself on some of these bumps that he's taken, which a guy his size probably shouldn't be taking in the first place. I know you said you're not a movie person, but you know who showed up in the movie Dog with Channing Tatum I saw this weekend? Who's Kevin, that? Kevin Nash playing a pot farmer. Okay, you know what movie Kevin Nash was hilarious in? The Longest Yard. Yes, he's good in that too. Um, I haven't seen him in Boogie Nights yet, but I understand he's hilarious. Uh, the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler is one of my all-time favorite sports movies. It's good. I enjoy that one. I'll have to talk about it someday. Um, all right. Lastly, we have the absolute title match. Matt Cardona pinning West The belt Mark collector, Lane. Matt Cardona. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the internet sensation around the nation, Matt Cardona. Uh, at just about 17 minutes, uh, he was accompanied by Chelsea Green, who came out in a hoodie and did a thing, and we were doing wrestling stuff, and it was a fun main event. Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah, uh, Wes is the lesser half of the Rip City Shooters. Okay, he's, he's only been wrestling for like three years. I mentioned I was watching back through 2018. Mm -hmm. Barclay actually made his debut in 2018. So to see him go from making his debut on a student show in, in in the afternoon show during Jay Lit Weekend in 2018, Jay Lit Weekend would be the J JT Lightning Invitational Tournament. It's like their super big tournament every year that they do, mm -hmm. similar to like a TPI or like a Battle of Los Angeles. Okay. 
Um, he made his debut on an afternoon show, a showcase show at the JLIT that year. And then to see him go from making his debut there all the way up to the main event of an IWTV show where he's wrestling a former WWE superstar and one of the biggest draws in independent wrestling right now, whether we enjoy him or not, you can't argue that, mm -hmm. that people are paying money to see Matt Cardona right now. Yeah, I being fired sucks being fired from the wwe i'm sure is not great for people's morale self-esteem um etc but i'll tell you matt cardone has made the best of it you know do you see the uh do you see the the meme that was making the round with regards to Car cardona where it said being fired is the best thing that could have happened to him uh probably i'm on twitter a lot more than because it, it's the one that has like the picture of him like being pushed off the the ramp in the wheelchair by kane mm -hmm. and then the four, the three pictures surrounding it are him holding up the nwa title the gcw title and the impact wrestling right. digital media title flipping the bird in all three of the photos so um this is let me say i'm gonna give my final word on this but then i want to i want to talk about like how we got to this show because it's, it's a rather amusing story at least to me but uh, I, you know, as far as independent wrestling shows go, I, th th this was fine. I, other than the commentary, which was a bit grating at times, uh, I generally enjoyed once, it. I could see, I could see why you wanted me to see this. Once Swoggle was gone, I thought the show's commentary picked up significantly. I just think that Swoggle, Swoggle tried to do generic heel commentator cliche number seventy three. Yeah, and it, and it got annoying as fuck. Yeah, it did. Their play-by-play um, -play announcer, Matt Wadsworth, in my opinion, is actually very good. And then other times, uh, Denver, Colorado, the person, not the place, sits in on commentary. And he's really good, too. He's the guy that owns Beyond Wrestling. Okay. So, yeah, I like this show. But I'll tell you, the road to get here, you know, this was always what we were going to do. But then it was like, we'll do this and something else. And I forget why that didn't happen. And then I was like, okay, let's do, oh, there's this NWA show coming up. I've won, I've always wanted to actually sit down and watch one of these NWA shows. I haven't been able to do that yet since they started up again. Um, and it's like, oh, it's Matt Cardona versus Trevor Murdoch. Great. I used to love Trevor Murdoch. I can't wait to watch this show. As it turns out, and I didn't realize it until it was too late that even though it said fight on it it's because they're cutting it up and airing it as part of like fights we nwa power and, yeah nwa uh power whatever it's called so it was a show that people could attend live but then they were going to cut up the footage into other episodes i'm like oh crap we can't do that now mind you this is now the okay so there was the deathmatch show we were going to do and i made art for that death and match we decided dmdu deathmatch down under right and so we, I scrapped that idea because I wanted to do the NWA instead. So that I had to make a second piece of art. And then I found out that they were cutting it into pieces. And I had to make a third piece of art when we decided we were going to do No Surrender. And I was, and then you were like, and then earlier you were like, yeah, I think I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to watch tonight. And I didn't realize this is, you were talking about quiz show and not this. And I'm like, is he fucking kidding me? He bails out on this show after I've made three pieces of art for the same stupid <laughs> podcast. I will never work with him again. <laughs> I was so mad. And then you're like, no, nah, it's quiz show, dude. I don't really want, I don't know if I want to watch it. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't care about that. I'm, I'm, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on quiz show tomorrow afternoon. I got, I got scolded by the girlfriend that I need to keep my commitment for that. So takes a girlfriend to tell you to be an adult. Got it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, so, sometimes that ship does sail. I understand. All right. Well, this you have, fun. you have a wife to tell you the same thing. So no, I, no, no, no. I, in our relationship, sir, <laughs> I'm the order monkey. She's the chaos monkey. Okay. Oh, so I'm she's the she's the one who flies by the seat of her pants. Yup. 
Um, here, let me show you the nightmare that she has to deal with that another woman thought was awfully sexy. Okay. So when you people, you you crazy people that I have to deal with on a, on a regular basis, ask me a hundred times, when are we recording this? When are we doing that? Blah, blah, yakety schmackety. That's my schedule. It's uh, color coded. On behalf of all of us, what the fuck is wrong with you? <sighs> Nothing. I'm Are perfect. you sure? The rest of you need to be adult and learn how to operate by a schedule. I have beautiful. You know, Look at this I, thing. I will have you know that I have not missed a TVPT date to date. Look at that. Look at that thing of beauty right there. See that big line in the middle? That's my vacation. See all these red dots? These are all the podcasts that I'm doing or re-airing or making pages for. See all this <sighs> blue? This reminds me to do things like make pages and pull art. See what happens when you guys cancel on me? I go a little crazy because I have I do weeks and weeks of preparation for things. The like good that. news is though, I bet grandma will makes that a whole lot easier. And you could probably listen to stuff on Amazon Music while you're working on it. I can listen to Amazon Music Unlimited while I pull art and prep for podcasts, Harry Broadhurst of the Screaming Boy podcast. Um why he why he finds the ad read, I'll go ahead and vamp a little bit here. I got it. Uh, Okay, well, it's it's get it's get amazonmusic.com. Yes, uh, the Amazon Music Unlimited service right now. We are giving away a free 30-day trial at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. You can find all your favorite songs. There's over 70 million to choose from on Amazon Music, and you can stream them for free for 30 days. And if you like it, like I know you will, you can keep it, um, pay the monthly fee, or you can cancel at any time. No fuss, no muss, no contracts, no pains in the butt pains in the butt harry broadhurst from the screaming boy podcast all right so that's it that's our little indie cider show that we've done for you today for new surrender and uh you know what i'm not pronouncing things correctly so um <laughs> how about that i'm a, i'm an american okay I, I, I will give you credit for bringing the gag full circle at the end of the episode there all right, so uh, the next one that we're doing, because Harry could not let a month go by without seeing my beautiful face, uh, is March <laughs> I can't 20th. Let a, I can't let a day go by without seeing your beautiful face. Goddamn right. So the next one we're going to do is Terminus. <laughs> uh, Terminus 2, uh, which is actually in, ne next week, but we're not going to get to it until March 20th. Independent wrestling promotion owned by Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace. That would make sense why he's on the show then. Um, and we're also going to do Prestige and West Coast Pro Wrestling Savage Mode featuring Malachi Black. And who was the other one that was on that? that Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley. That's right. And then um, when we're into WrestleMania season, we've got a whole bunch of shows lined up for you from the collective that we'll be doing. Uh, we'll be doing FE's and Gay Brunch, Fear the Gay Agenda from last year. It's one of the older shows that we said we were going to catch up on. Joey Janela's Spring Break uh, Nights 1 and 2. And then May 1st, we've got Bloodsport and Fall the Coach 2022. How did everything go with Jason Teasley recall, uh, doing uh, Black Black History Month here? We're on? still doing it. I got another one tomorrow. We got three uh, Spike Lee movies to review. And how's that coming along? Fantastic. He's wonderful. No complaints. I, I wasn't worried about Jason. <laughs> okay. Because tonight's episode has gone so well, I feel like I feel like offending somebody is in the offing for these episodes. I think if you listen to the Rattle Engine Broadcasting Network, you know what you're in for. So <laughs> earlier today, we did an alternative commentary for uh, Elimination Chamber. The can I give you can I give you my one joke from today's Elimination Chamber that I'm proud of? Absolutely. I'm going to warn you. Even I thought this one was a bit crass. Okay. 
Uh, somebody should probably tell Drew McIntyre that we shouldn't be teasing beheading people on pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I said it directly, so I got I beat you there. Um, <laughs> I think so. Like one of Bailey's friends was like, "Ooh, poor choice of words." I'm like, "Meh." No, no, it's it's a, it's a touch on the nose for McIntyre to be trying to behead people on pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. I said I wanted to live in the alternate. This wasn't what I said. I don't need to repeat myself with the thing I said, insulting, referencing beheadings. But I did mention uh, at one point when he swung the sword at Baron Corbin, I was like, I want to live in the alternate universe where Baron Corbin didn't duck in time and see what happens. <laughs> I feel like there's a Jamal Kasagi joke there somewhere that I'm just not going to make. The next bit of wrestling that we're doing is <laughs> March 6th. It's AEW Revolution, and there will be no alternative commentary because nobody I know can watch it when it's live. People have lives and wives and things that run. I'll be lives. watching it live. Um, so instead, myself and Neil Blackwood from a bunch of movies that suck and some that do, uh, and Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, will be doing a standard review for AEW Revolution on March 9th. And then, um, and then I'm I think just, it's WrestleMania. I'm just chopped liver over here. It's fine. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be, uh, don't be like that. Um, we've got, a, nope. so we do have a whole bunch of wrestling stuff coming up for the week of WrestleMania. We're going to be reviewing the Randy Savage album. Um, we've got a whole bunch of, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do some wrestling trivia. Please tell me that's a metal hammer of doom. It certainly is Ollie March 30th. <laughs> Um, we're gonna be doing that. We got a whole bunch of everyone loves a bad guy re airs covering the uh, various decades of uh wrestling, starting with the 80s boom and the attitude era, uh, the 2000s, and then the grand finale. Um, so those will be up around that time. We're, we're uh gonna be doing alternative commentaries for both nights of WrestleMania and NXT stand and deliver. So check all of those out. That's all the wrestling we're doing. As far as the other podcasts go, um, tomorrow, as mentioned before, we're doing a triple feature as part of our Black History Month celebration. This time focusing on Spike Lee, and we're looking at his seminal picture, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X starring Denzel Washington, and his remake of Old Boy, which was unpleasant. And then allegedly, in theory, the guys from Life is Like a Game Show were threatening to come on my podcast. We're going to be doing an on-trial for the movie Quiz Show. That they insisted we do, so we'll see what happens. Okay, Please. let the rec let the record state that I had nothing to do with the insistence of this particular on trial, mostly because, as mentioned earlier tonight, I am not a movie person. That being said, as a part of life is like a game show, I'm somehow being roped into this. <laughs> you, were, you and me both, sister. Um, <laughs> so allegedly, that's what will be the the life is like a game show, guys, and I will be doing an on trial for quiz show tomorrow night. Um, we got a re-airing of our Daredevil season one review that Gavin did a bunch of years ago. Uh, it's it's four episodes cut down into one long three-hour one. So give it a listen. It was so it was a good conversation. And then we kick off the week with a TV party for the Book of Boba Fett. We'll be reviewing Uncharted with Tom Holland, uh, reviewing the new Amorphous album Halo this time with fifty percent. I was dog jokes. Dog was fantastic. Um. My, my didn't wasn't as good as my son wanted it to be, but then he's eight, so I, I very much enjoyed it though. Uh, Alexis Haina will be giving a lecture on the history of animation therein, uh, as we review Cuphead season one. And then in the evening time, uh, because this show is dope as fuck, and I don't use that phrase lightly like some other neckbeards do, Peacemaker season one, starring former WWE heavyweight champion John Cena. 
Uh, just an absolutely fantastic show. Ooh. Just five stars in the Tokyo Dome for James Gunn. Just fantastic. Um, and what then, do you have against neckbeards? <laughs> and then on Friday, the 25th, we have a re-airing <laughs> of Everyone Loves a Bad Guy for The Wire, which I was on. And that, I believe, closes out our uh, Black History Month. Cell. No, we still have one more show left. Uh, that plus one more triple feature will be closing out our history, our celebration of Black History Month. Um, but it, we will be kicking off Batman Week starting February 26th with an Everybody Loves a Bad Guy for Batman Villains and then a re-airing of Batman Hush, a new comic book review for Batman White Knight featuring Evan Bevins and Jesse Starcher. Um, and then we got a bunch of re-airs from back in my blog talk radio days. We've got uh, A Long Road to Ruin for Batman The Burton Years, The Dark Knight Trilogy, um, the animated Dark Knight uh, movies, and then finally, 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 Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, uh, A Long Road to Ruin for the first season of Batman the Animated Series. And that takes us right into Batman itself, The Batman, featuring uh, Robert Pattinson. And oh, by the way, we've got Batman trivia for you on february 5th so check that out when it drops that'll be fun i'm sure did you make a decision yet you you guy you that if you're gonna do the wrestling trivia you sure seem to be trying to rope me into it <laughs> i just asked if you made a decision uh do you get me a date and i will let I you know my availability you, i gave you the date you did i don't yeah. remember you giving me the date i'm gonna give it to your girlfriend that seems to be the way this works <laughs> all right do your plug Please. Phrasing, sir. Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give her all the dates, all the time, everywhere. Um, go ahead and do your plugs. <laughs> Life is like a game show. Point of viewer, uh, obviously, here. Can I ask a question about point of viewer? Why the disembodied voices thing? Is that like a gag, or is it that you guys don't want to be on camera? Uh, it's A, it's because I don't feel like putting on pants two days in a row. B point of viewer is specifically Eric's show, yeah. so he he's the primary focus. Okay, because originally point of viewer was just Eric by himself. Right, the, the disembodied voices give Eric something to play off of during the course of the show. Why don't just be on camera then? I don't want to. Okay, fair enough. Again, any chance I have to not wear pants, I'm going to take. Okay, I want you to know that despite. Um, religious fervor saying the opposite. This is, in fact, a pants zone. If you come on my podcast, there will always be pants, or at least, or at least you need to be you need to have your face on and be camera ready. What you're wearing below, what you're wearing below the camera, I don't really care about. I'm wearing my bell shirt right now, but other than that, <laughs> perfect. All right, uh, for Harry and his penis, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Indie Siders TV party. My superfluous penis. That's right, your superfluous penis. Uh, be well, be safe, and behave.